This contraption here is one of uh, a very innovative and cool coffee maker. That's what it is. It's a coffee maker. And I know coffee makers are coffee makers. Uh -uh. No, no, not this one is a special coffee maker. This is a bun coffee maker. Does anybody here have a bun coffee maker? Anybody? A couple of you do. Then you know the magic of the bun. Uh, so the, the bun coffee maker, the, what this does is the coolest thing about it is that it stores, this one here stores three pots worth of hot water in it at a time. So it's got three pots of hot water in it all the time when it's plugged in and full of water. So not right now, but you know, when it normally is. Um, and so the cool thing is, is that when you pour water in the top here, it almost immediately starts coming out through the filter and the magic beans um, that uh, it goes into here. And I can't tell you the number of times that I've accidentally not had a pot under here and like the magic water just goes everywhere. Um, so you always want to make sure you have a pot underneath the thing because when you pour water into it, it is coming out immediately. It is coming out like meow, right? Meow. Um, so um, the cool thing is, is that when you put water into it, water comes right out. And, and in a lot of ways, our lives are kind of like a bun coffee maker because the things that we put in are the things that come out. And sometimes those things are filtered and sometimes they're not. But what comes in is what goes out. And that's what this whole series is about. This series that we're starting today called Oh Be Careful. And it's about the things that we put into our hearts and into our souls and into our minds through our eyes and our ears. And so we're going to be talking about the things that we put into our hearts and our souls and our minds for the next four weeks. Um, uh, it's so important that we are careful about the things that we put in because the things that we put into our hearts, through our eyes and our ears come out of our mouths. They come out of our fingers, like when we post on social media. So we need to be careful what we put into our hearts because what we put into our hearts is going to come out just like a, a bun coffee maker. Now, uh, this series is going to go four weeks. We start today with talking about our eyes. And then next week, we're going to talk about our ears. Then we'll talk about our mouths and, and what comes out of us. And then our hearts and how we need to guard our hearts. So that's where we're going for the next four weeks. And then it's going to be time for Palm Sunday and Easter. And I'm so excited. I want to tell you a little bit just for a second about what we're doing for Easter this year. We are going to have two Good Friday services. We are hosting the Griffith Clergy Association's uh, Community Good Friday service. That's at noon on Good Friday here. So all the churches in the community will be coming together here to worship God on Good Friday. And then Good Friday night at 6.30 p.m., we are going to have a, one of our worship and prayer nights. So we're going to have a special Good Friday service this year, uh, a worship and prayer night where we're going to focus on the cross uh, during that night. Uh, and then we have five Easter services uh, this year. We've got two on Saturday at 4 o'clock and 5.30, and then three on Sunday morning at 8 o'clock, 9.30, and 11. So you want to make sure you pick out your service uh, when you're going to come for Easter weekend. And I have it on good authority that the, the 8 o'clock service, there's going to be a breakfast burrito bar beforehand. So just a little incentive. Get up early and come and worship the Lord and grab a burrito. Um, so that's what we're doing for Easter this year. Uh, lots and stuff. And, and really uh, what I'd like you to do is think about who you can invite to the Easter services this year as we focus on our theme for the uh, for Easter this year is called finished business uh, and so we want you to uh, invite somebody to come and join us for Easter weekend this year um, <clears throat> so uh, today though we are going to take a moment and we're going to talk about oh be careful little 
eyes, what we see. Uh, it's based on a little kid song. How many of you know the little kid song? Oh, be careful, little eyes, what you see. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Last night, no one clapped. No one. One person, 930. And thank you. Nobody ever claps. Anyway, so we are in 1 John chapter 2, verses 15 through 17 is going to be our main verse today. If you brought a Bible, grab it and turn to 1 John chapter 2, verses 15 through 17. If you didn't bring a Bible, you can grab one out of the chair in front of you. It's on page 986 of that Bible, page 986. Or you can follow along on a, on a Bible app on your phone or tablet, like a version or a Bible Gateway. Uh, or you can follow along on the GFCC app. If you haven't gotten the app yet, go to your app store and search for GFCC. And uh, you'll be able to follow along with the sermon notes. Uh, you can get push notifications on things going on around here and even give your tithes and offerings through the app. So we're in 1 John chapter 2, verses 15 through 17. Now, just so you know, 1 John is my favorite book of the Bible. Uh, I, I just love this book. Um, and uh, we're going we're gonna to check just a little piece of it today. 1 John 2, 15 through 17. Let's read this together. Do not love the world or anything in the world. If anyone loves the world, love for the Father is not in them. I want to pause for just a second and tell you about that word love. Now, the word love there is the Greek word that means unconditional love. And it's the kind of love that we are supposed to have for one another in the church. It's the kind of love we're supposed to have for God. So uh, when we love the world with that kind of love, that is misappropriated love. That the love that we have for God and the love that we have for people is not the kind of love we are to have for the world, the system of the world, the things of this world. Okay, the, this kind of love is reserved for God and for people only, not for the world, not for the things of the world. So John says, do not love the world or the things of the world, because if you do, you cannot, the, the, the world and, and the father are diametrically opposed. You can't both love the God, love God and love the world. Verse 16, for everything in the world, the lust of the flesh the lust of the eyes and the pride of life comes not from the Father, but from the world. The world and its desires pass away, but whoever does the will of God lives forever. Now, John takes the things of this world and he breaks them down into three categories. So three categories. The first is the lust of the flesh. Now, the Greek word, the New Testament was written in ancient Greek, and the ancient Greek word for lust is the word epithumia. And this word epithumia means a forbidden desire, a forbidden desire. And when we talk about the lust of the flesh, it is a forbidden sexual desire. It is wanting someone sexually who is not your husband or your wife. It is wanting someone sexually who is not your husband or your wife. This is lust of the flesh. Now, when we, uh, Jesus talks about this, uh, lusting after somebody else, he talks about it in the Sermon on the Mount. In Matthew chapter 5, verses 27 through 30, and this is what it says, Matthew 5, 27 through 30. You have heard that it was said, you shall not commit adultery, but I tell you that anyone who looks at a woman lustfully has already committed adultery with her in his heart. If your right eye causes you to stumble, gouge it out and throw it away. It is better for you to lose one part of your body than for your whole body to be thrown into hell. And if your right hand causes you to stumble, cut it off and throw it away. It is better for you to lose one part of your body than for your whole body to go into hell. And so what he's talking about there, it sounds extreme, right? It's like 
gouge out my eyes if I look at someone lustfully or cut off my hand if I look at someone lustfully? Uh, what, what is he talking about? Does Jesus literally mean that I'm supposed to gouge out my eyes or cut off my hands? If, if he meant that literally, we would be a society of people with no eyes and no hands. No, what Jesus is saying is that sin is serious business. Sin is serious stuff. And we need to take sin seriously because God takes sin seriously. In fact, God takes sin so seriously that he sent his one and only son, Jesus, to die for our sins. Like, like he sent Jesus to die for you and me for the forgiveness of our sins so that we could be forgiven he was the perfect human sacrifice who could take away all of our sins. And if you'll put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ by believing in him, by turning away from sin and repentance, confessing your faith and getting baptized, God will wash away all your sins and he will deal with them forever and ever. You will never have to, uh, you, will, you will be forgiven of all your sins, past, present, and future. So put your faith and trust in Jesus and he will forgive you all your sins, even those sins you commit with your eyes. So lust of the flesh is lusting after somebody who isn't your spouse. Now, Jesus says, if a man looks at a woman lustfully and he doesn't say anything about women and all you women are saying, great, <laughs> nice. Thanks, Jesus, letting us off the hook. Or you may be thinking, well, that's right. We're not like men. We're not, you know, apes. Um, we're not... We don't look at men lustfully. I submit to you a commercial from the 1990s. Some of you may remember this commercial. It was called Diet Coke Break. So let me set the scene for you. A bunch of women are in an office working together. And one walks up to another and says, hey, ladies, Diet Coke Break. And so all of a sudden they pick up... One, one woman after another, and they go to a window, and they stare out the window at a construction site. <laughs> Anybody remember this commercial? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and all of these sweaty men taking off their shirts, revealing their six-pack abs, you know, sweat dripping off, you know, working hard in the hot sun, you know, like me. Um, <laughs> that was not very nice. That was a lot of laughter. <laughs> I know I don't have a six-pack. It's more like a barrel, but that's okay. <laughs> anyway, I'm working on it. Um, so, uh, the, and, and all these women are up in this window, staring out this office window at all these men down there working hot in the, in the hot sun, sweaty sun, and they're all drinking their Diet Coke, going, Diet Coke break, Diet Coke break. And, and so don't tell me, don't tell me that Jesus only had men in mind. We all have the ability and the propensity to have this lust of the flesh. So that's category one. Category two is lust of the eyes. And lust of the eyes is greed or coveting. Greed or coveting. Just like the first one, uh, Jesus says, you've heard it said, you shall not commit adultery. That's the seventh commandment. The tenth commandment out of the ten commandments is coveting. And this is found in Exodus 20, 17. It says, you shall not covet your neighbor's house. You shall not covet your neighbor's wife or his male or female servant, his ox or donkey, or anything that belongs to your neighbor. 
And some of you have been coveting your neighbor's ox and you've just got to knock it off. I mean, it is time to quit coveting your neighbor's ox or oxen if your neighbor has more than one ox. Um, now, that sounds silly, right? Uh, nobody has an ox that, that I know of. And if you do, I want to ride it. Um, but um, that'd be cool. Um, but no, uh, quit coveting. And, and what he's talking about is like wanting what other people have. And again, this word lust means a forbidden desire. And this is, a, this is wanting what other people have, wanting uh, something that someone else has. And it may not be their ox, but it could be their Mercedes. Uh, it may not be uh, their uh, manservant or, or woman servant, but it may be their clothing. Uh, it may uh, be uh, their house. It may be their job. We'll talk more about coveting in just a few minutes. But it's important that, that we realize that it's not just sexual desires that we see with our eyes. It's other things too. The last category is the pride of life. Um, and this is boasting or pride in our possessions or boasting or pride in our own lives as though they belong to us, but they don't. And, and to me, pride is the deadliest of the deadly sins because pride makes us think that we don't need a savior. Pride makes us think that we can do it all on our own. But the fact is, is that we're all sinners and we all need a savior. And God loved us so much that he sent a savior his son, Jesus. And so because of our sins, Jesus came and died. And so even if we struggle with lust of the flesh or lust of the eyes or the pride of life, God loves us enough to send us his son to be our savior, our forgiver, and our leader and our Lord. You know, in the Old Testament, in Genesis chapter three, we read the story of the fall of humanity. When sin entered into the world, God commanded Adam and Eve not to eat from one tree. One tree, they had one job, one job, and they failed miserably. But God commanded them to not eat from this one tree in the garden. And the serpent came along and tempted Adam and Eve to eat the fruit of this tree. This is what it says in Genesis 3, 6 through 10. When the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye and also desirable for gaining wisdom, she took some and ate it. She also gave some to her husband who was with her and he ate it. Then the eyes of both of them were opened and they realized they were naked. So they sewed fig leaves together and made coverings for themselves. Then the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord God as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day and they hid from the Lord God among the trees of the garden. But the Lord God called to the man, where are you? He answered, I heard you in the garden and I was afraid because I was naked. So I hid. You see, sin makes us do something. Sin makes us hide. Sin makes us hide. It made Adam and Eve hide because of their shame and the guilt that they felt. And I think sometimes sin does the same thing to us. It makes us hide. We try to hide from God. We try to hide from our spouses. We try to hide from our kids. Uh, we try to hide from our church. We try to hide from our friends. And when we try and hide, it's because we do feel that shame and that guilt over the things that we've done. We feel that guilt and shame over sin. And so we try to hide 
our true selves. We try to hide who we are and we try to hide the things that we've done. And I don't think God wants us to hide. I think that God wants to change us from the inside out. And he wants to take away our guilt and he wants to take away our shame. And he wants to fill us with his Holy Spirit and change us from the inside out to make us better so that we look more like Jesus and the things that we say, think, and do so that we don't have to hide anymore. And the question I have for you today is this. Do your eyes make you hide? Are the things that you're watching, the things that you're looking at, the things that you're reading, do they make you want to hide? Do your eyes make you hide? Do your eyes make you hide things from your spouse? Do your eyes make you hide things from your, fram from your family, your friends? Do your eyes make you hide things from your church? And where you're thinking, I can't let anybody know. I got to hide. Well, I think there's two ways that our eyes make us hide. Uh, the first is we need to be careful. We uh, need to be careful, little eyes, what you watch. Oh, be careful, little eyes, what you watch. Now, when we had our, our meeting this week, our, our staff gets together on Wednesdays and we talk about the, the last week's message and then we talk about this coming week's message. And uh, we were talking this week about uh, this, uh, oh, be careful, little eyes, what you watch. And, and the question came up of, are we talking about pornography? And it's like, yes, that's exactly what we're talking about. But it's more than just pornography. We'll get into that in just a second. But, you know, pornography is probably the, the, the one thing that comes to mind when we talk about being careful what we, all, what we watch. And it's not just movies or videos. It's not just pictures, but it's also the things that we read, like uh, sexually explicit literature. And so we need to be careful what we watch because, again, what we watch, the things that come in are the things that come out. And, and uh, pornography can be addictive. In fact, I was reading some statistics on pornography this week, and pornography is as addictive as cocaine or heroin. That it, it changes the chemistry of your brain, and, and it, it releases uh, pleasure chemicals in your brain that make it addictive. And you become addicted to images or to videos or to movies. Or to literature. You become addicted to these things. And it's hard to break those addictions. As hard as, as, hard as it is to break addictions to uh, drugs or alcohol. And, and here's the scary thing. Okay, I was, Like I said, I was reading some statistics about pornography this week. Did you know that the average age of a child seeing their first sexually explicit images is between the ages of 8 and 11? 8 and 11. Like the average 8 to 11 year old has seen some kind of pornographic image in their life. Eight years old. What is wrong with our society? I mean, it's not good for adults to look at, but for kids, there's something really wrong with our world. And so it's not healthy for little kids to see. It's not healthy for us. And so we need to be careful what we're putting in through our eyes. Well, be careful, little eyes, what you watch. And it's not just pornography. Uh, it can be violent images. It can be violence as well as sex. And, and what happens when we watch violent images? What happens when we watch violent movies? We get angrier. I think we get angrier as people. The more violence that we watch, it, it, makes, it, it makes us angry. Or, or video games, like violent video games, can make us angry. And, and 
when I was reading the statistics about the pornography addiction, there's also video game addiction. It's a real thing. It's the same kind of chemical that gets released in your brain when you're playing video games. And you'll play for hours and hours and hours on end. You know, or, or binging Netflix. Hours and hours and hours on end. We have to be careful what we watch. Because I believe that the, what we watch is an escape. It is us trying to escape from the reality of life into a fantasy life, whether that is a, a fantasy life of, of sex, a fantasy life of violence, a fantasy life of video games, a fantasy life of romantic comedies. I'll talk about that in just a second. Some of you are like getting really nervous right now. What do you mean romantic comedies? I'll tell you what I mean in just a second. But we need to be very careful what we watch because what goes in through our eyes comes out. And again, it's, it's, we're trying to escape. And that's not healthy. To try and escape through fantasy. Um, the other thing that we have to be careful is, oh, be careful little eyes what you want. Oh, be careful little eyes what you want. This goes back to that coveting thing. And, and what is it? it's about keeping up with the Joneses, right? It's, it's about seeing what somebody else has and wanting what they have. And I, I think that this also goes into what we watch, like, again, romantic comedies, like, you know, You've Got Mail, Sleep is in Seattle, those older romantic comedies, like the Tom Hanks, Meg Ryan movies. How many of you remember the Tom Hanks, Meg Ryan movies, right? And, 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 and when we watch romantic comedies, it makes us want a fantasy relationship. It makes us want something that isn't real, that Hollywood story. And we think to ourselves, why can't you be more like why can't our relationship be more like? And so she'll say to him, why can't you be more sensitive like Tom Hanks in You've Got Mail? And he's like, why can't you look more like Meg Ryan? <laughs> we need to be careful what we watch. We need to be careful what we want. Because the things we see make us want things that aren't necessarily real. We need to be careful what we want based on Facebook, like social media. Because what do we see on social media? We see everybody's ideal life. For the most part, people like put out a, a really good front on Facebook. For example, it's your wedding anniversary. And what do you do? You write all these glowing, wonderful, flowery things about your spouse. Oh, I'm so happy we've been married 25 years today. It's so wonderful. He's just the best guy ever. 15 minutes ago, she was yelling at him about picking up his underwear off the floor. And then she remembered it was her anniversary. Oh, he's so great and so wonderful. He'll do the same thing. My wife is the best thing that ever happened to me. And then she's five minutes late. <laughs> but we put out this fantasy life and, and it makes other people go, why can't we have a life like them? I'm telling you right now, you do have a life like them. <laughs> you just don't see it. So be careful, little eyes, what you want. Because again, it's that escape. It's that fantasy life. And it's not real. It's just not real. So be careful what you want. And, and because what happens when we want things that aren't real, or we want to project an image based on the things that we see, 
we, we fool ourselves. We deceive ourselves. And we get into trouble. Like, be careful, little eyes, what you want, because you can get into financial trouble wanting things. Been there, done that. Anyone else? Any amens? You know, oh, yeah, okay. Series on stewardship and money. That was a lot of amens. But no, we do. We get into trouble financially because it's like, I want this and I want that and I want this and I want that because I want to present this image. So I'm going to buy a house that I can't afford. I'm going to buy a car I can't afford. I'm going to buy clothes that I can't afford. Ooh, that hurts. But I'm going to buy all these things to project this image that isn't real, but it's what I see and what I want. And then financial troubles lead to what? Emotional troubles and they lead to relational troubles. Or when we want things that aren't real, when we want that fantasy life, we want that Hollywood story, that Hollywood ending, we want that uh, fantasy life, it gets us into trouble relationally and emotionally. Why can't you be more like him? Why can't you be more like her? Why can't we be more like them? And it's based on the things that we see. And it's just as uh, harmful as, as the things that we watch. So be careful what you're watching. Whether it's violence, uh, sexually charged, even romantic comedies can make you jealous and covet what other people have. I'm telling you, what other people have, what they project, isn't necessarily the truth or the reality. You know, what we need to do is we need to turn our eyes upon Jesus and away from the world. Because Jesus is truth. He will never lie to you. And he will always love you. And that's where I think I want to end today. Is that, you know, it, I can lay a lot of guilt on you. Myself too. And maybe that's where you're feeling today. Man, I, I do those things and I, I shouldn't be watching that. I shouldn't be watching this. I shouldn't be devoting this time to that. I shouldn't be devoting this time to that. You know? I think there's a Sunday school answer in this about how to deal with the things that we watch. And the Sunday school answer is this. Spend more time in God's word. I know Sunday school answer. Read the Bible more. Read the Bible more, sure. No, no, no. In all seriousness, we need to balance out our lives better. And we need to balance it with the word of God. With reading and, and looking at the word of God. Instead of the, the Netflix and the, and the Facebook and the social media and the, and the dirty movies and the dirty videos. We need to balance, we need to do away with some of that stuff and we need to balance out some of the other stuff. Because what happens is when I, when I spend more time in front of the screen, I start to mimic and, and act like what I see on the screen. And that's not healthy. But the more time I spend in God's word, the more I sound like Jesus. The more I act like Jesus. The things that I say and the things that I think, the things that I do, I look more like Jesus when I spend more time with Jesus and less time with the things of this world. And like I said, you know, it's easy to walk away from a message like this feeling pretty guilty, pretty, feeling pretty bad about yourself, pretty ashamed, unworthy. Yeah, I do those things and I know I shouldn't. I'm hiding things in my real life away from the people I love and I'm trying to hide things from God. I'm here to tell you one thing. I just want you to remember this. When you fall short, and you will fall short, and when we mess up, and we will mess up, 
There's a beautiful word for us, and it is the word grace. It's a free gift, a free gift of forgiveness. So I don't want you to walk out of here just feeling two feet tall and like, you know, you're just no good and you have, you've messed up too much for God to ever love you or forgive you. Nope. God does love you and God will forgive you. But here's the thing. It's what I want you to remember. He loves you just as you are, but he loves you too much to leave you that way. He wants to transform your life in the best way possible. And he does that by his grace. So be careful, little eyes, what we see. Be careful, little eyes, what we say. Because the Father up above is looking down in love. Well, be careful, little eyes, what you see.